You're listening to Education Experts with EDX Education. Education is evolving. Join Heather Welch from EDX Education chatting with teachers, psychologists, parents, authors, creatives and other talented experts to keep up with the trends and what's happening from around the globe. This podcast series from EDX Education discusses home learning, school readiness, being creatives, changing in education, discussing what's next, hands-on learning, or as we like to say, learning through play. Welcome everyone, I'm Heather Welch from EDX Education, and today I'll be in conversation with Hannah Peckham, children's author, counsellor, or should I say therapist, and Hannah's released one of her, she's released two books now, but her first book was Conquer the Chameleon, who's a little bit different to all the other chameleons and is desperate to fit in. He goes on a lovely journey and has lots of great messages for children in the book, which Hannah will talk about today. However, as I just mentioned, Hannah has just published her second book, Climb, which is another lovely story about an elephant climb. Today, we're going to be chatting with Hannah about children's mental health and well-being and her journey to being a children's author. Welcome, Hannah. It's wonderful to have you here today. Oh, thanks, Heather. Thanks so much for having me. Can I ask you, Hannah, can you introduce yourself to our listeners and what brought you on this journey of being a child, a children's author? Okay, so I'm Hannah Peckham. I'm a mother of one and I am a counsellor. I'm a person-centred counsellor, which is a talking therapy rather than kind of a directional therapy. I suppose uh, growing up, I grew up dyslexic and I never really thought being an author was an option for me like I used to love writing poetry um, and creative writing and um, songs um, and expressing myself in that way but it just really wasn't in my I just didn't think it was an option for me Uh, I suppose then I trained as a counsellor I became more self-aware and more confident in myself and started seeing that maybe dyslexia was a bit of a gift you know it it, it didn't just come with the downsides there you know there was loads of good stuff about being dyslexic as well and then I had my son and I just realized that there was this key stage of learning when they're they're really little we often leave them alone to navigate their own feelings and and self-regulation and you know what helps them when they're feeling certain things and I just thought there was a real gap there and left to their own devices they can end up developing negative coping strategies and I just thought a way to reach young people is to create these books with activities at the back where you can start to help them navigate their feelings and giving them these tools so they can start coping with with their feelings so that was kind of um, that's the long answer. Would you rather the short answer? <laughs> no, I'd like both. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's a really good thing. I mean, I did read that you also did actually do some script writing and some voiceovers. So actually all of the skills have sort of come together with what you're doing now as being a children's author. Would that be fair yeah, to say? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, so yeah, I used to write scripts for, and then, so I'd write the scripts and then I'd voice them for the continuity in, in between programs. So that was... Yeah, it was kind of something something for the ego and something for the soul. My counselling was kind of very different to this kind of more media um, sense of things. But it has, it's all come together and tied up really nicely because those skills that I learned have, have brought me nicely to, to, to this point in my journey. 
Oh, well, I have to tell you, we, one of my young, my youngest child has, as you mentioned before, big emotions, like he's got these big emotions and he really, there's self-regulation has been a really hard path for him over. And we sort of seem to be getting there now, especially over lockdown and, you know, his language improved and all these things, but he did have these really big emotions that we've been working on. And we do read Conquer the Chameleon and we actually talk about the self, the regulation of the emotions. So we use the colours and we get other toys and we play with them and we talk about them then. So it's actually been quite a good tool for me personally to use with my children. So I thought I'd just let you know as well. I love that. I mean, but th- that's the thing, isn't it? Like we, we all have big emotions and it's it's really difficult to expect people not to have emotions because, you know, life is filled with these kind of disappointment, <laughs> happiness and sadness and, you know, frustration and and all that that stuff. And and it, it's learning, you know, not to kind of amputate these emotions because that, that's just not going to happen. It's It's that kind of before, during and after, like how do I you know lay the foundations beforehand you know what helps when you're feeling like that and 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 what can I do and what can we do and and then obviously afterwards as well then revisiting it like okay so what went wrong there what what happened and and how could I have helped better and yeah it's just having those conversations and, and validating them and giving them the opportunity to to look at those feelings but with conquer it gives me a storyline a pathway to do it because it's something I can refer back to that's not sort of scary even if it was his feelings he it's sometimes it's a little bit scary doesn't want to talk about it. but if it's conquer's feelings you can talk about it do you understand yeah. you a really nice pathway back to have that conversation about something that he's read and it's a really positive story in the end and all these lovely things happen but it's like an adventure as well so, I mean, I don't want to give away too much about the story, but listen, I love Conquer and Climb, but can you tell tell me about your inspiration for the story? Uh, so, um, Conquer, the, the, this was really my first one. I was actually sitting in a, I was pregnant and I was sitting in um, a therapy room with someone and we'd, we'd, we'd talked about chameleons and, and, and it just, it, it just, I was like, oh, there's a little story there. And it just started to grow in my head. And I was doing research and I actually found out that chameleons change their color because of their feelings. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is just perfect. So Conquer is a chameleon that can't change his color. And he really wants to be able to express himself like the others, but he has to learn other ways to express himself because he can't change his colour. But also just the chameleons have stopped talking and listening to each other because they think they can just do it by by looking at, at colours. But actually that leads to confusion and and some some problems. So, yeah, that was the inspiration. I do. I really do love that because it does. It's, it's the, as I was saying to you before, I do read it to my little boy and it's, you know, I didn't, actually, I didn't know that um, chameleons change their colour for feelings. I actually should have known that because it was scared and they, they're, supposed to, they're supposed to change the colour into what they're standing in. Yeah, well, so, so yeah, and, and, but, but most people, and in fact, in the book, it does say a common misconception, where is it? Well, a common misconception uh, why chameleons' colour change take place. I can't remember it off by heart. I'm trying to look for it. But anyway, so most people think, chameleons change color to camouflage and that is one of the reasons they do it but they do it because of their feelings which is just brilliant I think. What about climb? How did you get this? How did you what was your inspiration for climb? Okay so when I bought Conquer Out it was uh 
quite well documented that I, I was dyslexic. Now, climb is very loosely based on my experience or my feelings of, of growing up as, as, as dyslexic. I mean, obviously, it's a forest elephant living in the Congo Basin, so it's not, <laughs> it's not autobiographical or anything. But it's about a little elephant who can't climb trees and in the Congo Basin your your worth is judged on whether you can climb and and she can't and that was just a bit like my experience you know I I, I grew up with a really academic sister and you know all, all my friends were and and I just you know I didn't read a book till I was a teenager and I just I, I just couldn't do what and, and and it was all in my head I you know I kept, I just couldn't get it on onto the paper and it was it was it was just so frustrating and you know embarrassing at times because I felt stupid and and so I just wanted to write something that kind of expressed to young people you know just because you don't fit into that box of worth that everyone else kind of might try and shove you into sometimes you will find your own unique talent and that is going to be beautiful you know it might not be the happy ending where yeah yes you the elephant learns to climb a tree because that's just not going to happen but she finds her own special happy ending and I I just thought that was something important it's becoming yeah. comfortable with your your own talents isn't it so obviously you're very creative like you're a very creative innovative person but then you're being you I suppose you're judging yourself on academia not having these amazing talents which you know now they've brought you on your amazing journey of what you're you know from doing voice artists from writing scripts to doing helping um counseling then you've got the the books as well so I mean it's actually they've all these skills are so important to where you are today and it's kind of made you that human being but there's a really lovely there's a really good book if you ever had a chance to read it and it's from it's before Sir Ken Robinson was famous and he called, he talks about finding your passion and he's got a whole lot of stories there and he talks about how you know say for example we were over diagnosing certain um people but we weren't actually finding what they were good at we're all judging them all everyone had to be a nurse or a doctor people weren't actually looking yeah. at other creative talents and he talks about all these really good success stories where yes say someone was dyslexic or someone had adhd but actually it became a superpower for them and yeah. so, and their superpower wasn't to become a doctor or nurse or a lawyer. It was to become a dancer, you know, one of the most creative dancers a lot, you know, that's ever been, it's done choreography and all these things. So, I mean, it is one of those things. If you ever have a chance, it is a really good book to listen to, yeah. to read, to read, what to be honest. It's called Finding Your Passion by Sir Ken Robinson. He actually passed away last year, I think, of a long battle with cancer but it's a good book it's definitely a good book if you're looking at differences in the way that the human brains work and he talks oh, and he's got really lovely case studies in there as well but um yeah, that's beautiful and that's yeah I suppose that the the activities at the back of climb are very uh, similar to what you've been talking about in, in terms of you know we are all different in some ways um what makes what makes you different what's your special uniqueness and what do you admire about other people that are different because it's about it's uh, it's broadening those horizons as well um it's not just like accepting your own differences but accepting other people's differences and um although they might not be able to do uh, you know run as fast as you they might <laughs> be an amazing artist but but and we don't have to be amazing and we can't be amazing at everything no that's true and that's what we have to 
we have to remember is that we we like our friends, I suppose, and we make friends that aren't like us, that are different, and we become, you know, much more eclectic, uh, I suppose, community, which is really lovely. But since you've become a mum, and I, I suppose, what are your strategies to deal with, you know, big the big emotions of your own children? Yeah, it's it's about laying the foundations. I mean. My, my son Bodie, he one of his first sentences was conquer the chameleon oh. um, because he, he grew up with me reading it to him every night. I had all the pages before it was illustrated stuck into another book and I read <laughs> it to him. Yeah, so it, it's about like laying those foundations and and talking to him before his kind of having a complete melt meltdown so he knows and and then and then talking to him and 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 and, and validating him as a human being the other day you know I, I switched the telly off before it was the end of his his program not that he watches loads of telly but and, and he got really upset with me and I suddenly I suddenly thought oh my gosh yeah of course, you know if someone switched my program off before the end of the program you know that would really annoy me like and so I apologized and 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 I blew I think it's also about you know blueprinting your own kind of mistakes and kind of going actually that was really bad of mummy I'm really sorry yes you watch the rest of the program and then we'll wash your hands and have tea um or whatever it is and also you know mummy's mummy's really tired today and I'm 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 really struggling so let's all be really gentle with each other and I'm going to get an early night and have a nice bath and tomorrow we're going to have a really great day so yeah I think it's about laying foundations blueprinting that you know how to regulate your own emotions and how you take care of yourself and and talking to them really but yeah, yeah. Does. having that open channel of communication where they understand I suppose they understand where they stand with you as well so it's not confusing for them with mixed messages I have to ask has has Bodhi asked for a chameleon as a pet yet <laughs> I almost put a little um, disclaimer in the back of the book saying you know ch chameleons take a lot of responsibility don't go out and you know because I didn't want like <laughs> suddenly you know being turning up at uh, I don't know the, the, the some pet shelter somewhere uh, but I didn't no he hasn't he hasn't thank thank goodness <laughs> I was wondering I was thinking about would it be an extinct animal or you know something on the extinction list and people are now no that's good so he hasn't asked but maybe when if you ever go to Australia there's lots of little like I don't know there's these tiny little lizards that lose their tail Get, they're like geckos we used to call them skinks the ones that lose okay. their tails you know the one that if you touch the back of their tail they lose it then it grows back Oh my gosh, that's amazing! I did. I've never. I've never been brave enough to because I did go to Australia for a year, um, but I never touched. I, I never touched a, a, a tail of a lizard, and it fell off. That would have frightened me somewhat. You know what? It's probably one of those places. I mean, Australia is probably a place you don't really touch a snake or a spider or anything like that because you know ninety percent of them probably would do some damage. So you don't generally. Yeah. Touch. Um, listen, I have to say, you know, at EDX, we love learning through play, or as we like to say, play, learn and create. How important do you think this is to children's mental health, having that unstructured free play time? I think it's imperative. That's how children learn best, isn't it? In a play environment it, with multi-sensory kind of environment. And uh, yeah, in, uh, just the, to be allowed to kind of let their their imagination just go go wild. I mean, in fact, actually in my therapy ses sessions, 
um, sometimes with my younger clients, we we do a lot of play because you know you it's not sometimes it's really difficult in in a session to kind of go right and now we're going to sit here for fifty minutes and talk about our feelings you know like anyone would just run away like it's it's difficult so we a lot a lot of it is like in 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 a really gentle artistic or um, sat sand trays with different animals and representing you know your family and 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 how you are and how you'd like it to be different and that's our kind of in um with, with younger clients so yeah I, I think play and mental health go hand in hand that's what I mean I love adult- your adults and children do you think we're ever too old to play there's my question for you Hannah <laughs> oh absolutely not I tell you what I have just, it's like someone has breathed like life back into me since having my son, because, you know, you get, I, I went through the te- a teenage stage of like, just trying to be really cool and, you know, the, you know, a, a, but I didn't really lose that through my twenties and thirties and, and having um, my son has allowed me, you know, I love half the films he watches. Um, I love, I love playing Duplo. I mean, Duplo, I had to wait for him to go to bed once because he kept on ruining this thing I was building. I, really wanted- <laughs> I waited for him to go back, go to bed. And then I was allowed to play with his Duplo on my own and not have to play his game for like an hour. It was amazing. Um, and painting and, you know, walking on walls and skipping and, 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 and going outside. And, and making sticks and digging holes and I just love it I don't actually know what I'm going to do when he grows up and he doesn't want to play with me anymore I think you just have to you just have to play different games it have to be, you can go to board games you can go to Twister you can go to Twister with my older son things like Twister and actually to be fair he's got his brother there's quite a big age gap we still go back to messy play and I hate this and he loves it he still gets involved he's and actually my oldest one's the messier one than the little one it's quite funny. Mm. One of them's really structured and focused. The other one's just really all over the place and loves it, but has the best time of his life. It's that brilliant saying that when, you know, when I look around, all I see is mess, but when they look around, all they see is look at the fun they've had for the day, you know, so it's that yeah. the totally different eyes are seeing it in a different way, but, you know, they hopefully he doesn't lose that sense of play for a long time. I've, I mean, I've always, I've always, hidden like I love hiding that's the one thing I didn't lose through I I I just and and I find I'm I'm quite good at hiding and we have a really small house we're meant to be moving house but um I found the best hiding place the other day so um I don't think he he will because he yeah he he we all hide from each other quite often I think he just thinks it's what all people do because now, you know, now, now when we see people like he runs off to hide and people are like, oh, what's he doing? It's like, oh, we, we're hiders in this family. <laughs> <laughs> you've been hiding. So when you've been working from home over the past time with everyone at home, have you all had your own little hiding spot? So when you actually need to work, you can be tucked away in a nice little corner? Uh, yeah, I mean, what, yeah, working from home was uh, has been oh well has been tricky we just got back into I've just started seeing clients face to face um yeah no that that was more tricky I actually went for a while to live with my mum during the first lockdown and I was doing a lot of my work from one of her cupboards um I was in I was in the cupboard <laughs> I had to in a cupboard with a duvet wrapped around me so so yes it's yeah we should it's be it. moving soon and then we have an amazing <laughs> to hide in 
It's been an adventure for everyone. I mean, I was reading a story that someone bought like a little V-dub, a V-dub camper van and put it out the front of his flat in London and got a parking right. permit and that's where they worked from because they just couldn't work within the house with three kids yeah. at home and it wasn't large. It wasn't, no, I don't, as he said, it would never be large enough. So it was quite funny. So people have been very um, innovative in the way that they've worked. I've been on lots of phone calls where, or even we're on a, um, we're hosting a webinar the other day and a lady was in her wardrobe and she, she did just openly say, oh, excuse, it's the, it's the nice part of my wardrobe, but it's actually the best sound in the whole of the house. And so well, that, everyone, there's about 300 people watching this that she's doing. It was really funny. <laughs> it really is. Um, I, I actually, I, I went, so when, because I was doing voiceovers for television when we first went into lockdown and we were, they, they suggested it. First of all, they tried my car. They said, look, either do it in your car, because that's a bit like a voiceover booth. But because we live in the country, like you could hear all the birds and like the sheep. <laughs> um, so, so then I had to move to, to inside, yeah, inside a wardrobe with a duvet. And until and then I actually set up my own little kind of voice booth when when it when when it went on for a bit longer. But um, inside a wardrobe or inside a car is the best sound apparently. Oh, that's that's very good to know. I remember that next time. But can I ask you for someone that's looking at maybe even becoming not even becoming an author, but writing a book or just doesn't really have the confidence to do it yet? What would you say to them? Because this is something that you've managed. Well, that you've you've just published two books. You've done an amazing job within. I think you've published them both this year. Was it this year or last year? Yeah, Conquer was out in uh, the first week in February. Conquer's an award-winning book and also Climb has got, you know, the Good Toy Guide's been recommended and everything. So you've done really an amazing job. So what advice would you have with someone that's, you know, maybe thinking about doing this? I would say, well, just just do it. Find some time. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't even know the full story of Conquer. And, and the first time I wrote it, it was very different to, to how it is now. So j- just get it down. And if it's not, you know, it, it's a, it's a process, you know, if, if it's not right, put it away for a bit and then get it back out. And it, it does take, take time. And, and also I bought the um, writers and artists yearbook. And that was like my Bible. When I was getting to the stage where I was thinking of sending it to publishers and, and stuff, that was kind of a really good little um, book to have by my side. So yeah, that's my top tip. Oh, Hannah, thank you so much. It's really lovely. And I think, look, for me, I've actually got Climb for my son for Christmas, but we've got Conquer for previously. And um, we've been, we still do the Rainbow Pebbles with Conquer as well. So we still use the EDX products with Conquer. And actually it does, it does, as I was telling you, it works really well with one of my sons who's at sort of the perfect age. He's four and he has got big emotions, really mm-hmm. beautiful emotions, but there's some big ones. And then he stops and he's just, he, he's learning that self-regulation, but he can understand if you talk about it in a third party, like a Conquer rather than Eddie. Because otherwise for yeah. him, that's too com- confrontational and that's when he won't talk to you. So it's been a really good tool for myself, not only learning tool, but his older brother reads it to him as well. So it's, it's actually really sweet. I should take a photo and send it to you. <laughs> you must take a photo and send it to me. They do really well. But listen, thank you so much. And I would really appreciate if you could if you could tell anyone, our listeners, our listeners where they can find Conquer and Climb because we're coming close to Christmas and holiday season and also starting school as well. So, you know, it'd be a really good book for someone who's starting school and, you know, how to get in touch. If they can, can they get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, so um, 
obviously it's uh, on on Amazon, but there's also some um, smaller shops um, that that sell it. Uh, yes, Bebe has just started stocking Climb. Peters, I know, if uh, for teachers and stuff, they they uh, stock it as well. But yeah, Amazon is is the easier easier one. Um, and there's also some little small independent bookshops and gift shops as well. But um, if you want to um, check out that, there's my website um, with links there. That's littlebodybooks.co.uk. And also I'm on Instagram, h.jpeckham. Um, and there's loads of links. And I often run competitions and stuff as well, sometimes to um, get Give, give a copy away so come and find me there and I, I'm, I'm sometimes on Twitter and I do have a Facebook page as well so I'm kind of all, I'm all over the place virtually. <laughs> Hannah thank you so much it's lovely having a chat with you today and have a really nice I hope you get a break over the new year and have some time with your family especially it sounds like you've got a house move coming up too so I think we all need a break with that but lots of hiding spaces <laughs> indeed. <Yay! laughs> I can't wait. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's it's been it's been wonderful. And I, you know, we first spoke back when um, Conquer uh, was um, was launched, and you were such a font of knowledge. And honestly, uh, you are great. You're my little angel. So thank you for having me on, and thank you for um, giving me your time and um, expertise. Oh, Hannah, we look forward to we look forward to working with you again with Climb. And I think Conquer is such an important such an important story and messages and so is climb so you've got to keep up this is amazing work for everyone well I was just just before we go you were talking about uh Australia and I traveled there for a year and um the rainbow lorikeets might be making an appearance in Conker's next chapter but that's 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 just a little secret for you Oh, I've got lots. Of, <laughs> I've got lots of books on Australian on strange Australian animals that you could include there. So if you ever need any research, I've got lots. I've been trying to indoctrinate my children to actually Australian animals because neither of them have grown up there. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, you'll be able to you'll be able to introduce the rainbow lorikeet from um, Conker's oh. next book very oh, soon. I look, oh, I look forward to reading it. Take care. Hello. Thank you. Bye-bye. There are so many exciting developments happening right now in education. EDX Education would love to hear from you, so do get in touch or subscribe to our podcast, which is available on Apple, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn, and so many more. This podcast series is brought to you by Heather Welch from EDX Education, as she'd like to say, let's create lifelong learners. <laughs>